Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 606 for the third of Av in a regular year. So if you've ever been to a yoga class or a Pilates class or probably other classes as well, like pretty much any exercise class, you may have heard the phrase, engage your core. You may have had the teacher say to you, engage your core. Or you may have kind of like just here and there heard people say, I'm really trying to strengthen my core. Or maybe you yourself have said that when you're thinking about how you want to get in shape, you want to strengthen your core, you want your core to be strong. So what comes to mind for you when you think of that, when you say engage your core, strengthen your core? What what do you think of? So I hear this phrase a lot because of the work that I do in running a fitness company and being in the yoga world and all of that. And what I often, more often than not, what I hear people reference what they mean when they say engage your core strengthen your core is they're talking about the stomach they're talking about the stomach muscles they want a flat stomach they want to a a six-pack abs you know that kind of thing interestingly though having studied yoga and anatomy a little bit more in depth i've learned that the core is actually not the abdomen at all it's it's really really not you could perhaps say that the abdominal muscles are part of the core but it's not really the core, and it's not really the most essential part of the core. So what is the core? What do we mean by the core? So a quick Google search might leave you feeling more confused than not, because it seems like everybody has a slightly different definition of the core and what which muscles are included in the core. But here is a definition that I think is really sim- simple and kind of is very, does kind of encompass a lot and will be really useful to our discussion today. So this is taken from orthocarolina.com, where it says, what is the core of the body? The core is the part of the human body located between the pelvic floor and the diaphragm. Its main job is to hold and protect your spine. Your abdominal muscles are part of your core, but just one piece of the puzzle. So interesting. So practically speaking, when ever exercise teachers, yoga instructors, Pilates instructors, when they're talking about your core, strengthening your core, what they're referring to is actually not just the abdomen, but rather a whole bunch of series of muscles that are kind of located in that area. Sure, there's your abdominal muscles, which includes your obliques, your internal and external obliques, your transverse abdominus, and your rectus abdominis. Now is not a time for a full anatomy lesson, but just a little bit of that. There's your hip flexors. There's your hip extensors. There's your back muscles, which are kind of important, especially the lower back muscles. Some people even include the neck and shoulder muscles in the core to a certain extent, maybe in an accessory way. And then most fascinating to me is the pelvis, the pelvic floor, 
which to me, when I used to teach yoga, I would really focus a lot on the pelvis because to me, the pelvis was really what I thought of as being the core of the core. Because if you really think about this, that it's like the, the function of the core is to stabilize the body and to sort of connect the diaphragm, which is like located right below the ribs, like right in, in, in the ribs, kind of like the muscle that like is right underneath your ribs and your lower part of your body, let's say the hip muscles, what does that really essentially is your pelvis. So something that I find really fascinating is that if you look in biblical literature, and this is something that we're actually going to bring up today in, in today's Tanya, a very common phrase that we hear, like that we sort of like associate with like biblical literature is girding your loins, right? That it's like when somebody's like going and preparing to do something really big, then they'll gird their loins. So it's like, I always had this question when I was a kid, like, what are your loins exactly? And why is girding them so important? Like, what does this really mean? But in understanding this definition of the core, and then we can come to understand a little bit more about what this means, because the loins, as far as I understand it, is really your core. And really, ultimately, if we want to be more specific, it's that pelvic area, it's the pelvic floor, which is really that core of the core. And not to get too tangential, but just to give me a little second to get on my soapbox here while I have the opportunity, I'll just mention also that when people talk about posture and having good posture, and people seem to really focus on this idea of like rolling their shoulders back and drawing in their stomach and having a really flat spine and all of that stuff, in my mind, again, for my little basic kind of anatomy understanding, that's the wrong focus. The focus really on having good and proper posture should really be on the pelvic floor. Because when you really focus on having a good and strong and stable and well-aligned pelvic floor, it kind of causes everything else to follow. It, the way that there's this idea that we do in yoga, there's a certain exercise that we do called, uh, called root lock, which is where we actually draw in the muscles of our pelvic floor. And in doing so, this is a, a big thing that, we, that I, I do in the certain style of yoga that I practice. We sort of engage it the entire time. It actually helps you to move a lot more, a lot freer, a lot lighter. A lot of times when people first start to learn about how to do this, how to engage their pelvic floor, then they'll be taught to kind of like try to engage it and then like walk around the room and see if even just the way that they walk, the way that they swing their arms and move their legs, if it feels different. And if you're doing it correctly, then it most likely will. It'll make you feel a little bit more free, a little bit more uh, in control of your body. So that's actually what we're going to be learning about today, but in a spiritual sense. What does this mean, spiritually speaking? What does it mean to have a strong pelvic floor, to have a strong core, and to have this affect our limbs? What are our limbs? So as we'll learn today, and we'll get into the text in a minute, because I think that will be the best way to go through it, is that the core of our spiritual life is really our faith. Our faith in God, our emuna in Hebrew, is the core of our existence, of our spiritual existence. And so just like physically speaking, we want to strengthen our core, spiritually speaking, we want to strengthen our core as well. And as we'll learn today, that the, the way that you do that, the way that you strengthen your spiritual core, namely your faith in God, which we all have, like we all have a core, we're all born with a pelvic floor and abdominal muscles and all of that, but, we, but, that, but we're not born necessarily with a strong with a strong core. It's something that we have to cultivate. So similarly, all Jews are born with this innate faith and belief in God, 
but it's still something that we need to cultivate. It's still something that we should cultivate to try to make it stronger, to gird our loins, spiritually speaking, so to speak. And so the way that we strengthen our core, spiritually speaking, is through Torah. It's through the study of Torah. The Altar Rebbe will specifically today focus on the study of Gemara, but it really it really applies to any Torah study, even what we're doing right now. The focus today on Gemara is just based on the fact that this letter that we're going to be studying was written as like a praise to uh, the Altar Rebbe's Hasidim for having completed um, a the entirety of the Gemara, which is a big undertaking. So the Altar Rebbe's Chassidim would divide up the Gemara into sections amongst themselves. And then throughout the course of the entire year, they had all, they had come together collectively completed the Gemara. And so the Altar Rebbe is actually going to talk about how this study of the Gemara is a way of strengthening the core, strengthening the loins, the spiritual loins of emuna, of, uh, of faith. And then towards the end of the section, then the altar is going to get into the limbs and talk about how having a strong core, having a strong sense of emuna, is so essential to having strong limbs, to having what are our spiritual limbs, our love and fear of God, which is something that we've spoken about earlier. So let's get into the text. And for context, very exciting today, we're starting a new section of the Tanya called Igeris HaKodesh. And Igeris HaKodesh is, we can translate it as the Epistle of Holiness, is a good way to translate it. And it's it's actually a collection of letters of the Altar Rebbe that the, that the Altar Rebbe wrote down uh, for his Chassidim. And this is part one of two of those letters. So the, the second part after that is called Kuntras Ahran. Both of these sections, especially the latter one, Kuntras Ahran, they do tend to get a little bit more esoteric than some of the other sections of Tanya. But today is a little bit more straightforward. So we're lucky with, in that realm. So bear with us. Let's get on the journey. And very exciting. Let's begin today and get into the text. So the Altar Rebbe begins this first epistle. And he he opens, he says, we're going to open with a blessing to bless and to praise God for he is good. And then the altar goes on and he says that he says, I heard a good rumor which has revived my soul. And then he quotes Perke Avos. This is from Perke Avos, chapter six, verse three. En tov el Torah. There is no good except for Torah. So when he says, I heard a good rumor, what is this good? Good is Torah. So, and then he, uh, and then he gives another, and then he makes, get, says another citation, this time from Tehillim, chapter 19, verse 8, Torah Tashem Tmima, which means the Torah of God is perfect and whole. So he's basically making reference to Torah, that there's something that's good rumor he heard, it has something to do with Torah. So what is this good rumor? The good rumor is that he heard about the completion of the entire Shas, of the entire Gemara, the entire Talmud. Uh, in many cities and in many minyanim, in many con congregations from amongst our people, from amongst our chassidim. And then the Altar Rebbe goes on and he says, with gratitude for the past and with a, uh, a request for the future, that it should be just like this, that God should continue to strengthen the hearts of the, these mighty people year after year with the might of Torah. So he's giving them kind of like encouragement to continue along this path. And in order, and also to make known to people the greatness of Torah, of, of the oral Torah, and its great strength. 
So he's basically saying this is a very good thing that these people that his chassidim have done, that they completed the entirety of the Gemara, and he wants them to continue in this effort. And now the Altar is going to bring a very interesting citation from Mishle, which was written by Shlomo Melech, and this is from Mishle chapter 3, verse 2. Chagara ve'ozmatnea. So, which says she girds, girds her loins with strength. And this is, interestingly, also a section of, of, of a very special prayer that we read on Friday night, that we sing on Friday night, the Ishitchal prayer, the woman of val- valor. And in describing this woman of valor, we cite this place in Mishle, which talks about the um, this this woman goiting her loins with strength, like one of the praises of the woman of valor is that she girds her loins with strength. So what does this mean? What do we mean by loins? So hopefully now with that little introduction I gave about the core and the pelvis and all of that, you can have a little bit more of an understanding and we'll see how the altar really parallels the physical things that all the things that we spoke about in the introduction. So the altar goes on and he says the loins, the motznaim in Hebrew, are that it's it's that part which supports the entire body together with the head which stands atop on top of them. So again, going back to what I talked about in the introduction about posture, so maybe it wasn't too much of a, a tangent after all, that uh, I spoke about how when people talk about posture, people tend to focus on the shoulders and you know having a spa- straight spine and all of that. But really, you should think about the pelvis. And when your pelvis is aligned, it actually causes the rest of your body to line up all the way up to the crown of your head. To the point that interestingly enough, another little interesting tangent, is that actually there's this pose, a very basic yoga pose in that we practice called mountain pose, which mountain pose is literally where you're just standing straight with your arms down by your side and your feet can either be together or apart, not so important. But the basic idea is to come into like a really good standing alignment. And one way, and I used to do this when I would be involved in yoga teacher trainings, I used to train yoga teachers, is a test to see if a person was engaging their pelvis in the proper way in this mountain pose is would actually look at their head and would actually look and see is their head aligned and the way that the head would be tilted you'd actually see like the way that the ears and the chin like sort of like the uh, the direction the slope of the ears and the chin it's sort of difficult to explain over a podcast, but basically the alignment of the head would be an indication of how the pelvis was situated, if the person was properly engaging their pelvic floor or not. And so very interesting. This parallels exactly what the altar is saying here is he says that the motznaim, the loins in Hebrew, are that which upholds the entirety of the body together with the head, which stands on top of the entire body. And these loins is what carries a person to where they need to go. And like we see this in, in physicality, says the altar So we see that. So he's, he's literally giving my parallel. Is he saying that we see just as we see this with the physical body, so is it with the spiritual body of the divine soul, of the godly soul the nefesh rukit in Hebrew. So what is this? What are the spiritual loins? The spiritual loins is the true faith in the one infinite God, blessed be he. And really to have this faith that God fills all the world and that this God surrounds all the world, that he's mamala kolamin and sovev kolamin. We spoke about these terms in earlier podcast episodes, if you've been following along, but basically the main idea is that just God is everywhere. There is nothing devoid of God. There's, and that's that's what the altar goes on to say. There's no place devoid of God. Uh, 
to above to no end and below to no end and so too to the four corners in a way of total infinitude real true infinitude and so and not only in terms of space so this is true like spatially speaking that god is everywhere physically speaking so too in the realms of shana and nefesh which is the realm of time and soul so it's shana is literally a year and soul is like the life basically is the way that we can understand it and so just as god is infinite in the realm of space so is god infinite in the realm of time and life and this type of faith that we're talking about this emuna in hebrew is called motnaim it's called loins that upholds the head and so what does this mean that it upholds the head? So it's true, it upholds the entire body, but the ultra is really focusing on the head. Just like as I mentioned, that it's like you can look at a person's head physically and see if their posture is correct, see if their pelvis is aligned. And so what is the head, spiritually speaking? The head is the intellect that meditates on the depth of the greatness of God in this aspect of olam, shana, and nefesh, of, of worlds, meaning space, shana, meaning year or time, and nefesh, meaning soul or life. And, and in thinking about the great kindness and God's wonders with us making us his amkrovo, his his nation, which is close to him, and to be able to cleave to him for real. So it's like somebody who really meditates. So the, the head in this case is this ability to meditate upon the greatness of God and meditate upon our closeness with God. As we see from, and this is from Pirkei Avos chapter 4, verse 17, where it says, so one hour of repentance and good deeds in this world surpasses all of life in the world to come. So this this meaning, this is really pointing at the greatness of this meditation upon God. Like it's not such a simple, like whatever kind of thing that we sit and meditate upon God. If we're sitting and meditating upon God in this world and thinking about God's greatness and our closeness to him, that like one hour of that repentance and good deed in this world is surpasses all of the life of the world to come so it's, it's a very big thing so how could this be that this sounds like a pretty bold statement to make right and so the altar explains he says because the the world to come is merely just a ray it's just a gleam a ziv and a reflection of that which we term the shechina the divine presence that that dwells the indwelling of god and it was created out of the yud of of God's name, right? So we spoke about this previously that the the world to come, the olam haba, was created from the yud of God's name, and it's a glimmer of the shechina. But when it comes to tshuva and masim tovim, tshuva and good deeds, repentance and good deeds, these bring a person, bring a Jew close to their father in heaven in a true way to his essence. It's not just to a glimmer, uh, like just to a radiance, but it's actually to God's true essence, like uh, so to speak, in a way of infinitude, like in a true way. And now the altar of it brings a verse from Tehillim, or actually two verses from Tehillim to support this. This is from Tehillim chapter 148, chap, uh, verse 13 and 14, where it says, which means his radiance is upon earth and heaven. He raises glory upon his nation. His nation. So meaning to say, that's a little abstract, but meaning that his radiance is upon earth and heaven. So meaning that like what we see of earth and heaven is like, that's like a glimmer of God, of God's essence. 
But when it comes to his nation, that's his keren, his glory. What is his glory? His glory in this sense is we're talking about his essence. So there's something more essential about our connection with God than even the glory that is found on heaven and earth in terms of our connection as being being Jewish, being having this, this special connection with God. And also, this is why, says the Altar Rebbe, before doing different mitzvahs, we say, So, we talk about this idea of that how God through it's like through like the literal translation of that is who had he who has sanctified us onto him through his commandments and commanded us to perform the mitzvahs at hand so the basic idea is that God gave us a special gift in in doing the commandments and telling us to do these commandments it's actually a gift to us because it's it's this it's like this tool this key that we can use to tap into our connection with God and become holy like God, like to really connect with God in this very deep way. Like where we spoke about this earlier, like the idea of holiness of Kodesh also means separation, that God's like separating us from the world to be unified with him. Just like um, Kedushin is a marriage. Like it's like when a, a groom marries his bride, it's in this way also. He's also separating her from everybody else. Okay, and then the ultra bit goes on and he says that like through reflecting on this like when we really like he sort of was taking us for a minute there on like a a little meditation that a person can have when they have this strong emuna right then this will lead them to have a strong head to have like their head be aligned and having their head aligned means meditating upon god and thinking about god and thinking about god's greatness and all that kind of stuff and all of this like when we think about not only god's greatness but the great gifts that god gave to us in the form of the commandments and the the ability that god gave to us to connect with him in such an essential way that is even beyond the scope of the heavenly realms then this will cause a, a a response in us this will be this idea of that we spoke about before like water reflecting water that it's like again we spoke about this earlier in tanya that when you, if you look into the water and you see your face reflected back in you you know or you'll see whatever is outside of the water being reflected in the water so it's like when we recognize like it's this is this idea that when we when somebody even in terms of people if you see that somebody really cares for you that somebody really loves you that will elicit a feeling of love in you for that person so it's like when we recognize god's great love of us and the great gifts that god gave to us this will elicit feelings within ourselves of uh of of love and fear which are born of intellect or it might even arouse our more natural type of innate type of love and fear. But it's basically this this meditation will lead us to respond in kind, recognizing God's love of us will cause us to have a, a love and reverence for God. And an aspect of, and this is from Echa, chapter 2, verse 18, that their hearts cried out to God. Or in a way of, and this is from Shira Shiram, chapter 8, verse 6, in like flashes of fire, a mighty flame, like in this way of ratso. Ratso is like to uh, to rise up, like this very passionate. It's basically going to arouse, arouse a great passion within us for God. And then afterwards to have it come down in a way of shove, that it will not only just be this way of like will make us like, just that like the the passion passion that is a type of love that we have for god but then we also have the re the reverence for god which is this idea of shove is that's what's going to ground us and bring bring us back which will give us this sense of what does that mean it means that we fear god in our heart and we are like embarrassed we're shamed by his greatness 
and this is the idea of the of small duchel, like the left hand that pushes away. So the left hand, again, we spoke about is the idea of gvura. And so it's like, it, it kind of makes us realize our place within God. So it's like that we, yes, we have this passionate love of God, but we also have this fear of God. We also like know our place. We also see God for who he is. And we, we feel this sense of reverence towards him. And the altar of it brings um, a citation to support this. This is from Shemot chapter 20, verse 15, 15, which says, that the people saw and they trembled and they stood from afar. So it's this idea of like when we originally, this is that time when we originally received Torah, Matan Torah, we stood from afar. We didn't stand right there close to the mountain like because we, we it was too much for us to handle. So we recognize it's like sort of like if a very important person walks into a room, even like a celebrity or whatever, it's like unless you're really disrespectful, you're not going to go right up to them, right? You're going to give them some space. You're going to stand back a little bit. And so then the altar bit concludes and he says this aspect of the love and fear, these are the limbs and the body of the soul. So... That's the end of the section. And so just to bring it back together, um, going back to our introduction with it all, I think it fits together really nicely, which is this idea of basically that just like physically, we want to work at strengthening our core, which what is our core physically, like we talked about, it's really ultimately the pelvis. It's, I mean, it is other things also, but it's that whole area. And I think looking at the pelvis is a good way to start. And through strengthening our physical core, this will give us a strength in our entire body and even all the way up to our head where we're actually going to stand taller. We're actually going to look more people straight in the eye and be more like upright. So, so too, spiritually speaking, when we strengthen our core, when we strengthen our loins, which that means our emuna, our faith, this will cause us to have a much deeper appreciation of God. And the way that we strengthen our loins spiritually is through learning Torah and through meditating upon God, through thinking about God, through thinking about God's greatness and the great kindness they gave to us and the tools he gave to us to connect with him. So that when we do this, this will cause us to respond in kind and feel this great sense of love and fear towards God. So that's the end of the section for today and we will continue tomorrow and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Benyamina Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.